Hello and welcome to another message of the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to write to us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. And also keep in mind that our English audio messages are available as podcasts through iTunes. You can look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. As part of our four-part series, we'll be going through part two today where we'll start looking at the three examples we were given, Noah, Daniel, and Job, in our key Bible passage that illustrate faithfulness to the Lord. We'll start today by looking at Noah. Noah had many attributes that made him stand out, but in particular, he was an extremely faithful and obedient man to God. And because of his faithfulness and obedience, we will see that he found grace before the sight of God and that he was counted worthy of surviving the condemnation that the whole world was put under. Stay with us for the next few minutes as we listen to today's message. Let us take a few moments to seek the Lord in prayer and to ask Him for His guidance through His Word and through His Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory and majesty be to you, O God. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation and the forgiveness of sins that we find through Him. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may please guide us. Heavenly Father, help us to understand, O God. Help us, O Lord, through your word, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, to be able to understand your message, your words, what you desire for us to learn. And help us to have sensitive hearts, Lord God, to you. Blessed be your name, O God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us read again the key passage for the series that we're going through, which can be found in Ezekiel chapter 14, verses 12 to 23. And this is what the Lord says. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when a land sins against me by persistent unfaithfulness, I will stretch out my hand against it. I will cut off its supply of bread, send famine on it, and cut off man and beast from it. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord God. If I cause wild beasts to pass through the land, and they empty it and make it so desolate, that no man may pass through it because of the beasts. Even though these three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither nor sons nor daughters. Only they would be delivered, and the land would be desolate. Or if I bring a sword on that land and say, Sword, go through the land, and I cut off man and beast from it. Even though these three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord, they would deliver neither sons nor daughters, but only they themselves would be delivered. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and, and pour out my fury on it in blood and cut off from it man and beast, even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither son nor daughter, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness. For thus says the Lord God, how much more it shall be when I send my four severe judgments on Jerusalem, the sword and famine and wild beasts and pestilence to cut off man and beast from it? Yet behold, there shall be left in it a remnant who will be brought out, both sons and daughters. Surely they will come out to you and you will see their ways and their doings. Then 
you will be comforted concerning the disaster that I have brought unto Jerusalem, all that I have brought upon it. And they will comfort you when you see their ways and their doings, and you shall know that I have done nothing without cause that I have done in it, says the Lord God. Now, as we started our series last week, we talked about the persistent unfaithfulness of the people of Israel and the parallel that we're living today and that there is much unfaithfulness in the so-called people of God. We explain the many different ways that we can commit idolatry by putting certain things ahead of God and by allowing certain things in our lives that we shouldn't. It is clear that we will not be perfect while here on earth, but that there are certain things that cannot be allowed in our lives if we want to experience God's grace, if we want to be counted worthy through Jesus Christ. And we also saw that if we repent and convert and humble ourselves before the Lord, that things could change. There is a reason for why certain catastrophic events happen, because God needs to deal with his people's unfaithfulness and, of course, the rebellion in the world. So now today, we'll be looking at the first example that God mentions by name. We will see Noah's life. All of God's people are special to the Lord, but when the Lord mentions someone by name as an example, as someone that stands out to him, we should pay close attention to what that person did. At the end of the day, our prime example is Jesus Christ. He is the one that we're being molded to be like through the work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the Lord. But when we are given examples, we need to observe what they did and how God worked through them. These examples show us that God can do great and wonderful things through imperfect people that are just like us. Noah was not perfect, but there were special things in his life that made him stand out. And it is in our best interest to see those things and make them a part of our lives. So for starters, Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 to 9 tells us about how things were during Noah's time and who Noah was. And this is what it says. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. We start off by reading the tenth of the thoughts of their heart were evil continually. Sometimes we think that it is okay to have bad thoughts as long as we don't act them out. But that is not true. Yes, it is important to keep in mind not to act things out. But if we have so much evil in our minds, in our hearts, then sooner or later, those things will affect the way we think, the way we make decisions, and they will influence our walk with Christ. We may not commit those very things we're thinking of, but they will twist our reasoning and good actions. Jesus explained this to us that it is written in Matthew 5 where it says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Once the thoughts have taken place, evil is present and our minds are wrongfully influenced. And of course, a polluted heart and mind can only bring about evil things. Sooner or later, we will fall into wrong things if we don't start cleaning our hearts and minds. 
Jesus also explained this to us in Mark chapter 7, where it says, When he had called all the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear me, everyone, and understand. There is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had entered a house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, Are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him, because it does not enter his heart but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods? And he said, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. So you see, it is very clear to see that our hearts and minds are our main influences in our lives. And so they need to be changed. They need to be transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the washing of the Word of God. The Bible teaches us this through Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, where it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, and but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we renew our minds, then we will be able to prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But if our minds and our hearts are in a bad place, then our lives will remain there, and nothing good will be produced. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says this, Finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so, what does it mean that Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, and that he walked with God? Well, if God differentiates him from others, that there is a but, if you will, with Noah, that he found grace before God, then it is very fair to say that Noah's heart and mind were right with him. Noah was not following the crowd. He was the exception. God found Noah to be a just man, a man that did things right. And what is it that made him do things right? His mind and heart were placed on the Lord, on things that helped him work good in his life. It says also that he was perfect in his generations, which means that he yoked himself with a believing person, a person that also feared God, and that he also at minimum taught his following generation, his children, to love and fear the Lord. And it also points out this very big detail that Noah walked with God. Now what does that mean? Noah had a personal relationship with the Almighty. He treated God as he should have, God was first, and not only that, but he did what God wanted him to do. He was obedient, and being obedient to God was part of his lifestyle. It wasn't an every now and then type of thing, or when he needed something from God. Being with the Lord and obeying God was an everyday, all the time kind of thing for Noah. Following God was his lifestyle. The Bible also explains the kind of faith Noah had. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not seen, 
moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Noah believed in God and believed what God would tell him. Two very important things. So his actions, his faithfulness, illustrated faith. This is something that needs to be a part of our lives as well. Many people say that they believe in the Lord. But if that were true, if all the people that say that they believe in the Lord actually believe in the Lord, don't you think that we as a group would be doing things differently? Of course. So there is such a thing as walking the talk. But many people are just talking the talk. And for all of the wrong reasons on top of that, there is no substance. And at minimum, it's a very superficial kind of faith. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 to 44, tells us that the end times on earth will be like they were in Noah's time. And how he is going to select people, meaning God, from one another. For it says this, But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the sin of man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now, does this mean that eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage are bad things? It depends. But in general, of course not. What this phrase means is that people were not heeding God's warning and they were just preoccupied in doing their own thing and of course sinning. They completely ignored God and what was going to happen to them. I'll give you a very good example that we just saw in the news just the other day. I'm sure all of you are aware of the seriousness of the coronavirus and how authorities are telling us to only leave our homes for absolutely vital things. Yet, many young people were going out and doing whatever they felt like, despite the many warnings and indications being given by the authorities. They figured that because school was not in session, that it was party time. And of course, they were not getting together to pray on the beach, but rather to defy what was being recommended, thereby ignoring their own welfare and the welfare of others. So, you see, we can live out our lives, but in such a way where we are walking with the Lord daily, by looking for His will and His purpose, by doing those things that bring Him honor and glory, which in turn are good for us and for our fellow man. But if we're just thinking about having a good time, about ourselves, about just meeting our own needs, about ignoring the Lord and His ways, then you turn into evil and wrong, even those things that are good and of blessing. There is such a thing as turning God's blessings into wrong things when we use them or enjoy them in ways that go against God. Like we'd explained before, God needs to be first in everything in our lives. And anything that takes precedent over the Lord is an idol and a demonstration of unfaithfulness. 
And God's judgment comes upon man, especially on his people, when there is no repentance, when there is no conversion. And the greatest risk that people run nowadays is that the Lord is very close to coming for his people and for those that show themselves to be like this Noah through Jesus Christ. And if you are not found doing the Lord's true will, then you will be left behind. Genesis chapter 6 verse 13 to 22 tells us about God's conversation with Noah and how he warned him of things to come and what exactly he was supposed to do to prepare. Where it says, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark. You shall finish it to a cubit from above and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh which is in the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather to yourself, and shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did, according to all that God commanded him, so he did. And so, you need to realize everything God was telling him that would happen, and what he had to do, is pretty out there. It is safe to say that what God was telling Noah to do in a regular person's mind during that time could seem, in fact, crazy. And at that time, the earth had not seen rain. Natural irrigation happened in much different ways to how we see them now. There was no rain. Any person thought that what God was saying was nonsense, that it was impossible. And so, people must have thought that Noah was just crazy by not only hearing things he was telling people and how their end was coming, but to see him build this giant boat that no one even knew how it worked and why it was even necessary. Nothing made sense from a human point of view. Does any of this sound familiar? You have to think also, and here's probably just as important in the detail as the others. Noah believed God and moved on his faith in him and on his word, but he did so without any hesitation. Noah obeyed God, even if it seemed completely illogical to everyone around him. It took Noah a maximum of 120 years based on the ages for Noah we were given to build the ark. So, like we were saying before, it had not really rained on the earth like we know now. Things were different. So when Noah would speak about the flood and why he was building the ark, he must have been seen by the people like a lunatic, a stupid person. He must have endured ridicule, not just for a few days. It was decades of ridicule, of going against the current, of dedicating his efforts, his strength, his resources, his family towards what God had directed him to do. 
Is anything of this starting to make sense to you and how it should apply to your life? What God asks us to do through His Word is not going to make sense to people who do not want to believe, starting by having an intimate relationship with someone like God that cannot be seen physically. It's all craziness to those who desire to reject the Lord and His principles. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1 to 5, tells us the following, Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female, two each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female, also seven of each birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of all the earth. For after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on earth forty days and forty nights, and I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. The Lord kept giving him directions, and we see a very key detail here, that Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. There was no going back and forth. There was no delay. There was no hesitation or doubt. Noah just did it. He believed God and did whatever God told him to do. Noah's faith and obedience were truly remarkable. Doing what God was asking him to do was not a part-time thing, but rather it demanded all of his time, all of his resources, and his dedication. And Noah involved all of his family as well with the work. There is no passage indicating that his children complained or someone questioning Noah's sanity or any kind of negative comments. Everyone that was closely related to Noah, his wife, his children, and the wives of his children were all completely invested and dedicated to what needed to happen. And because they believed and obeyed, they were saved. This is exactly how our Christian families run today, right? The husband and wife are dedicated and obedient to God and their kids are also in obedience, understanding what faith in God is truly like and doing what God says, right? That's the way we are today, right? People are equally yoked in their faith in Christ, right? I know I'm being sarcastic, but unfortunately, that is not the way things are today. Most families are completely divided, especially in the things of the Lord. Following God is more of an imposition and an inconvenience at best and more than anything. The Bible tells us this in relation to Noah. Second Peter chapter 2 says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. This is a very good picture of what was happening for quite some time now. False prophets are everywhere. And what's worse 
is that there are many people that are following their destructive ways and God will and is already judging that. Do you think that the things that are happening right now are an accident? Do you think that global events that affect millions of people happen just because? Make no mistake. God is behind all of this because He has to show people that there are wrong things being done and that those wrong things make them vulnerable. No one is truly safe and our lives can be changed, altered and destroyed in a matter of moments. And if we are not ready, if we're not doing what is right before the sight of the Lord, our wrong ways will catch up to us sooner or later. Now, that doesn't mean that only bad people get coronavirus, for example. What we need to see through this is that God is God and that the evil of men will not only hurt evil people, but also people that are trying to do what is right and that we need to be ready for anything because we never know just when our time may come. We have said this many, many times through the years because the Bible says this, that faith without works is dead. Faith is action. Faith is obedience. Faith is believing in the Lord in such a way that we believe what God tells us to do and we go ahead and do it. True faith in Christ is a lifestyle of looking to love the Lord and serving Him, not in fulfilling our own selfish and evil desires, not in attempting to turn the Master and God of the universe into our servant. That is not what Noah did. Noah respected God. He believed in the Lord and did things that clearly went against the current of the world and he inspired his own family to follow in his footsteps. That was Noah. And because of that, Noah found grace before the eyes of God and condemned the sinful world around him. This is what we need to take in and make a part of our lives. Noah was a very faithful person to the Lord. Noah walked with the Lord. Noah obeyed God, no matter what God asked him to do. And because of that, Noah was saved, including his family. Our key passage says that people that are like Noah will be saved, but that things are so bad that they will only be able to save themselves if they are like this Noah. So if you want to be saved eternally, you have to be like Noah. The great news in all of this is that God has provided a way to be saved, an ark, if you will, where we can find shelter and safety eternally. This ark is Jesus Christ. We don't have to make this ark because it has already been made for us. But what we do have to do is believe in the Lord, have the faith we need to not only believe that He is the ark of our salvation, but be faithful to the Lord in everything we do so we can enter. We need to be obedient to the Lord, follow His direction, no matter how ridiculous or out of place the world around us may think it is. And we need to endure that ridicule and animosity with the world and even other so-called Christians who are not in obedience with the Lord for as long as we have to, for as long as we live on this earth until the moment of destruction suddenly comes on the whole world or when our own time is up so we are safely kept in the loving arms of our Lord and Savior. We need to be found doing God's will, not our will, not fulfilling the desires of our sinfulness. The Bible teaches that those that do the will of the Father will be saved. So it is not only saying that we believe, but it is also believing in such a way that we are compelled to do what we are led to do by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. 
True faith is believing and doing whatever God tells us to do and doing it until the day our time on this earth is completed, until we breathe our last breath here. And so, will the Lord find you to be like this Noah that found grace before this almighty and holy God of the universe? Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified be your name. Lord, I give you thanks and I praise you because you love us and because you care about us. And that's why you warn us. That's why you tell us, O oh Lord, what is right and what is wrong. What are the things that we need to change and turn away from? And Lord God, you've you give us examples of those that were faithful to you, that those that did find grace before you. And Lord God, above that, above all those things, you gave us your son, Jesus Christ, and we have the dispensation of your grace alive and well today for everyone that wants to repent and convert from their sins and to look for you and to try to find you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you love us and because you give us instruction and because you give us examples, real living examples of people that were not perfect, but they did that which truly pleased you. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to do those things that truly please you by starting out by having true faith in you, a faith, Lord God, that helps us to do things for you, to do those things that please you, and, and Lord God, that bring you honor and glory, Heavenly Father. Help us, O oh Lord, to be like this Noah, to be able to take in the things that we can learn from Noah and apply them to our lives, Lord God, to ultimately take on the characteristics of Jesus Christ in our lives, that we allow your word and your Holy Spirit to work in us in such a way that we just continually being transformed into what you want us to be. Heavenly Father, I pray for each person listening. I pray, Heavenly Father, they may truly listen and understand, Lord God, and take in what is being said, not as human words, but as your word, as your truth, as your call to repentance and conversion, as your call to, to Lord God, to change and to make things different, Lord God, while there's still time, Lord God. Help us, Heavenly Father, to be able to quit while we are ahead, to turn away from the wrong things that we're doing, and to, Lord God, to turn our whole heart to you, Lord God, and to focus on you and give you the first place, Lord God, and start being faithful to you in everything that we do. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue looking into God's Word together. Please feel free to write to us through our website if you have any questions or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.